Welcome to the program. My name is Brad, and this is From the Touchline. Recently, I've been reading a lot about women in the church and women that are part of the Christian faith. As a father of four daughters, I think there's been this emerging interest in me to find strong, faithful women that might serve as an example to my girls. See, I want to be able to point them to women who have gone before, broken through barriers, given their lives sacrificially and women who have been serving in powerful or meaningful ways. There's a great list of women that come to mind almost immediately, women like Corey Ten Boom, who went through World War II and the Holocaust, uh, women like Joni Erickson Tata, someone who's wrestled through issues of disability and had to work through relationship issues and faith issues, or, or maybe even older examples like Teresa of Avila, a, a woman who, as a as a nun, just really pursued uh, being in love with Jesus. Uh, Rahab, a prostitute from early biblical times who hid the Israelite spies as they were scoping out the land. Or Deborah, one of the judges who really led a nation when no men would step up and lead. And, and these are just a few of the names. Well, recently I came across this great quote, and I've been reflecting on it. It came from this really unusual source. It was a desert mother. Now, if you don't know anything or have never heard of the desert fathers and mothers, these were people from the Christian tradition who got tired of the modern-day rat race, and during the 4th and 5th centuries, they headed out to the desert to try and uh, work out their faith and work out what relationship with God looked like. And so they kind of abandoned the world. They abandoned wealth and prestige and positions and all these different things so they could kind of go out and, and really learn from God. Now, some criticize them for being reclusive. Uh, some are critical that they lived like hermits and this, this behavior, you know, they kind of felt like they were pushing other Christians to be like this. But if you read their writings, there's really some profound wisdom in what they learned about themselves, what they learned about others and their faith and, and their relationship with God. Some of them did gain sort of the celebrity type of status, which again, leads to more criticism. Uh, but they had throngs of people that would come out and just want to get a word of wisdom and, and get a word of advice. And it wasn't as though these desert fathers and mothers said, oh, come and everyone join us and this is where we should be. Oftentimes they would give them wisdom and and send them back into their context, back in the, the city or the, the families or the places where they were. And, and there was this new sort of vibrancy to Christian faith, I think, that came from the desert and fathers and mothers. But criticisms and legends aside, one well-known desert mother, the one that I've been reading, Amma Sincletica of Alexandria, was known for saying uh, this particular statement, those who are great athletes must contend against powerful enemies. Let me say that again. Those who are great athletes must contend against powerful enemies. Now, what a great question. As a chaplain in professional soccer for so many years, I think this is going to be one of the great questions I ask some of the people that I work with. Consider for a moment, especially if you're an elite footballer or elite soccer player, who is the most powerful enemy you've ever had to contend with? Now, if what came to mind was a rival you had to go up against, a rival team, a rival player, 
or maybe maybe as you were thinking, you thought of a teammate who plays in front of you, someone that you're competing for a spot with. That's certainly one level of understanding this question. Some of you, though, if you think through who's the most powerful enemy I've ever had to face, maybe you thought of a, a different adversary, a different opponent. Maybe it was a manager or a coach who wouldn't let you get a sniff of playing time. Maybe it was an agent who used and abused you. Or maybe it was a family member who was an emotional and physical abuser. Maybe that was your most powerful opponent or enemy. Maybe some of you, those that have done more self-introspection and reflection, you might have answered the question differently. Maybe the most powerful enemy was yourself or something from within. Maybe some demon that you've had to face. Maybe it was alcoholism or depression, perfectionism. Maybe it was wrestling with some part of your sexuality or maybe a hundred of other things that, that might be related into personality or family dynamics or family history. I, I wonder if I frame the question this way, who are the most powerful enemies from within and without that you've had to contend with? How might you answer the question then? Think, think about this. Think about some of the other enemies that exist in and around soccer. Uh, there's enemies like financial temptation There's enemies represented in bullying that happens and goes on, in racism. Uh, There's tons of issues around self-identity and worth. So as I was reading, Amma Sincletica's statement made me dig a bit more into her story. Now, first, let me say Amma. Amma just means mother. That's kind of like saying Abba. So Sincletica, Sincletica of Alexandria specifically, if you want to look her up, She came from a wealthy family. She was also said by many of her contemporaries to be quite beautiful. And in her life, her parents had died. She had two brothers who had died. And and so we know from her story that she faced grief and loss. She also had a younger sister who was blind. And what happened is with her parents' death, she inherited all this wealth. And what she did with it was she gave it away to the poor. To be honest, if I'm in Sincletica's shoes, I don't know that I would have renounced the family wealth and gone into this life of austerity. I think for myself, if I'm honest, I would have wanted to live comfortably. I would have wanted to be able to take care of my sister who was blind. I I would have wanted to, to not have to worry about where the next meal might come from or how things were going to be provided. I wonder too if for her... Maybe another temptation might have been her looks. You know, she might have married. She might have found a greater sense of identity and affirmation in the arms of a husband. You know, someone that could bring in income, someone that would protect her, someone that would bring companionship in old age. It's told that in the beginning of her asceticism, she called a priest to come out and visit her. And right in front of him, she cuts off all her hair and says, as a sign and a witness, that I've renounced the world. And she cuts off all all of her hair. I think that's a a powerful statement. So what do we learn from Amma Sincletica? Do we all go out in the desert and cut off our hair? I don't think that's the answer. But I do think that we need to take an inventory of who we are, what we have, and what we do. Within those things, we might be carrying a huge burden of 
responsibility that we may not even consider. If we have wealth or beauty like Synclitica did, we might find that the powerful enemies are things like vanity and greed. On the other side, if we're great athletes, kind of as, as she mentioned, we might find that the powerful enemies are ideas that maybe we're impervious to death and disease, or maybe that we have strength and we have power and we don't have need of other people or even of God. Oftentimes in my life, I think that I've found that the powerful enemies are so closely related to the skills and the talents and the gifts and the resources that I have at my disposal. They, they provide that, that double edge of being a blessing and a curse at the same time. And I think if we can be aware of those things, then I think we can be better prepared to take on those opponents and those enemies that might come. And just like we might get up for that rivalry match or that derby, we may make sure that we are ready to take on the powerful enemies that appear in our lives. Allow me to do this. Allow me to say a prayer and a blessing over you. Because if it's true that those who are great athletes must contend against powerful enemies, then we have our work cut out for us. Let me pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I pray for those who might be listening right now, and maybe they are faced with powerful enemies in their lives. I pray that you would bless and protect, that you would guard and guide them. May they have truth in their hearts. May they have strength in their hands. May they have consistency in their tongues and in their lives. And may your love fill their entire being. Amen. This is Brad coming to you from the Touchline.